Jamal Wilkes. For those of us who grew up as Laker fans, we remember him as Silk. A lot of people who followed the Golden State Warriors back in the mid-'70s certainly remember Jamal Wilkes. Uh, two-time All-American at UCLA, a couple championships under John Wooden in 72-73, one a championship here with the Golden State Warriors as well as Rookie of the Year in 75, then went to L.A. and hooked up with Magic and Kareem and won three more championships, 80-82 and 85, and now heading into the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jamal Wilkes. Jamal, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom and uh, Eric. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, Jamal. I've got. I'm a fellow Bruin myself. I, I've got to get this question out of the way. What was it like to play for the Wizard of Westwood, John Wooden? Well, it was unbelievable, Eric. Uh, you know, when I enrolled in UCLA, was first of all to be recruited by UCLA was such an honor at that time. Uh, and then uh, freshmen couldn't play varsity ball, so didn't have much to do with the freshman year. But sophomore year, we it was so quiet and tense, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, we hung on every word that he said. And he was just a um, uh, a brilliant teacher, which is what, how he saw himself first, believe it or not. I mean, out of all the wonderful, awesome things he accomplished on the basketball court, and I, he was proud of it. He was extremely competitive, but he always saw himself as a teacher first, and he was just brilliant. And as a basketball uh, man, as a coach, he was, out, I mean, phenomenally incredible. His use of time and and his drills and his and his his, his techniques were just legendary. I mean, we we rarely practiced beyond two hours. Uh, and usually about an hour and a half once we got past the preseason. And uh, we didn't spend a lot of time worrying about what the other team did. Uh, we just tried to focus on what we did and do it better than anybody else. And uh, But then the relationship, you know, I'm going on and on about him because, you know, unless you stop me, I won't no, please stop. please keep going. <laughs> Uh, because what happens, you know, you, you know, you go there from being a boy, 17, 18 years old, all wide-eyed, and, you know, the icon, and then it changes over the years. And, uh, you know, by the time he died at 99, you know, he was just a, a, a wonderful friend and a, and, and a funny, funny, funny sense of humor, you know, which you never thought about playing for him, you know, because it was always so intense. But it, it was just a... Uh, I felt so blessed and privileged and fortunate to have known Coach Wooden and to have played for him, too. You know, it's interesting, Jamal. I feel the same way about Lute a little bit in that, you know, after you graduate and you get a chance to sit down and talk with them, you you feel like you know them a little bit better as a person. And I would have never said while I was playing for Lute that, hey, he's a funny guy. He has a good sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I have tremendous respect for colt olsen but yeah you 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 feel what i'm saying yeah i mean yeah yeah, i mean the relationship changes you talk about life and problems and challenges and and the coaching thing is still there because it's part of your history it's part of your sacred memory it's part it's part of who you are 
but it sure changes. And yeah, I can appreciate what you mean. You would have never thought you'd be saying he's a funny guy. I, I, I that's that's why I always say it because I would have never thought yeah. I'd be saying it either. Yeah. <laughs> hey, talk about the championships uh, before we get to your time down there in Los Angeles. Just curious about your thoughts on the championship you won here the last time the Golden State Warriors had won a championship in 75. You're a rookie. Rick Barry's the leader of that team. Al Adels, the coach. What was that journey like in that not a lot of people gave you guys a chance to win a championship? Even when you made the playoffs, they didn't give you a chance to win a championship. I don't think it was until you guys actually won the championship, Jamal, that people gave you a chance to win it. Well, they still don't give us a chance to win it. Uh, and, it and, Tom, it was quite a journey uh, from – being drafted in the 11th pick in the first round, you know, which is good, but it's not the top five, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of questions and challenges about could I survive physically the rigors of the NBA. And and uh, Eric and Tom, I played power forward my yep. first three years. Uh, and uh, coming to a team where Nate Thurman, just an institution, had been traded for, you know, a guy named Clifford Ray, and I was looking forward to playing with Nate and getting to know him. And, uh, and then Clyde Lee, another veteran, a longtime veteran, had retired. And uh, so it was really a journey. I mean, we weren't expected to do anything. Uh, and uh, Clifford Ray came in, George Johnson. Uh, you know, Rick Barry was just superb. I mean, you know, people talk about Rick Barry scoring. But his passing is just so underappreciated. I mean, he is a great passer. Uh, well, I should, he was a great yeah. passer uh, in his day. And and he was pretty savvy on defense. You know, he just had a knack for playing the lanes, getting that big still at the big moment in the game. And, uh, you know, he taught me so much on and off the court. Uh, and then you have Al Adels, you know, who played 15 years in the NBA. Uh, I mean, he wasn't a big scorer. He wasn't there for his scoring ability. He was there for his, you know, savvy, his court management, his defense. Toughness. Toughness, exactly. And so, you know, we respected that, and he had this uh, big, booming voice. Did you ever hear his voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, man, you just kind of stand at attention immediately. Uh, You didn't want to cross him. You didn't want to get on his bad side. Yet, on the other hand, he had this very gentle side where you yeah. wanted to give him the extra, go the extra mile. So, you know, it was this team of characters, really. You know, uh, Clifford Ray was a, uh, you know, world-class cook, musician, just a character. And Charles Johnson out of Cal and Phil Smith, my buddy from USF, uh, we came in together. And George Johnson, Charles Dudley Hopper. I mean, it was just this kind of... Butch Baird, our floor general leader, Jeff Mullins, the old, uh, it was just kind of this cast of characters, and no one expected us to do anything, and it was always us against the rest of the world, and whatever went on on our team, you know, and Tom, as you know, I don't know, Eric, if you ever played team ball, but there's always issues, you know, there's always issues, and we always kept them, you know, contained, it was just our family, and uh, man, we rolled off about you know, the first 10 games, and, and you know, like you said, Tom, no one believed it. We kept going and kept going, and I tell you, in the championship series, 
the the Coliseum had been rented out, I think, for ice capades or yep. rock that, that, concert. <laughs> and we actually played our games at the Palace, at the O'Connell Palace in San Francisco. But it, it was just, uh, of all the championships I've been blessed to be on, and frankly, of all the teams, it was one where we weren't expected to win. At UCLA with Coach Wooden and the great players there, I mean, we were expected to win. And eventually with the Lakers, we were expected to win. And fortunately, in many instances, we came through. But with this team, we weren't expected to do anything. And we did very well. And, you know, we actually did well the second and third year. We didn't mm-hmm. win the championship, but we were very competitive, you know. Uh, so it was really just a special year for me personally and, and, and a very exciting year for our team talking to jamal wilkes here on kmbr jamal i was going to ask you about that they had rented the coliseum out just figuring that there's no way you guys would end up in the nba finals how did you guys react once you found out that you were not going to be playing that championship where you guys had played all year in the coliseum well you know on the one hand it was a slap in the face and you know they didn't mean any, they didn't mean anything by it. They just didn't think it. You know, I mean, they just didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, and but on the other hand, it was all part of that us against the world mentality. It, you know, it may have been a blessing in disguise because it was like, you know, come on, let's prove them wrong again. Let's prove our own people wrong. You know, <laughs> we prove everybody else wrong now. Let's prove our own people wrong. So you know, I, and, and that's kind of how we you know, turned everything, you know, I mean, as a group, we'd come together, okay, well, let's show them, let's do it, you know, and and, uh, and we did. Talking to Jamal Wilkes, who's going to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this year, I'm just seeing right here, uh, Brian, our producer, just dropped the note that they're going to not only retire Shaquille O'Neal's number down there in Los Angeles, your number is also going to be retired, hanging up in there in the rafters with Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor and Magic Johnson and Jerry West. I mean, any every time I go down there and see those retired numbers, it just makes you think, wow, what a tradition they have had down here in Los Angeles. Great teams and great players. What does it mean to you to have your number hanging up there? Well, you know, we're just talking this week about dates, and, and I haven't begun to process that yet, Tom. Yeah. I mean, the enshrinement is uh, September 7th, and I'm I'm kind of coming down to earth a bit so I can, you know, enjoy that and savor it, and, 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 and I'm looking forward to doing that. But as far as the jersey retirement, that would be another high for me personally. And, you know, I grew up watching most of those players, uh, and uh, I, I just haven't even begun to process that. Jamal, Tom was telling me about the famous Chick Hearn line, the 20-foot layup that you had. I mean, known for having one of the softest shots in the game. Was that something that just came naturally to you or something you developed through the course of the years? Well, it was both. Uh, I, uh, you know, as a young boy, and, uh, you know, I shot the ball decent, and then UCLA, Coach Wooden taught us all the backboard shot, which I kind of got away from, but I think uh, it really crystallized one day after a practice when I was in a shooting slump, and I had a chat with Bill Sharman, who was our general manager, president general manager at the time, and he, uh, you know, first of all, I was terrified, you know, I thought he was going to tell me I was traded or something, because <laughs> I was really in a bad slump. I, 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 I used to get into a slump about three weeks 
uh, of every season. And he drew me this diagram. It was classic textbook stuff, kind of like sitting in the coffee shop and someone draws a diagram of a business plan and it turns into a successful company. Well, we were sitting in the bleachers, you know, after practice, and he drew this uh, on paper, this diagram, and he, he, he drew a circle and he said, okay, Jamal, this is the hoop. And then he drew another smaller circle. This is the ball. And he explained to me that the uh, the uh, diameter of the hoop is 18 inches and that the uh, diameter of the basketball is 9 inches. And so then he, 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 he you know, and again, as only Bill Sharman can do, uh, graphically make this impression upon a young basketball player. He said, now you've got 9 inches. You know, you see all that room. And so from that day forward, I never had a three-week slump uh, again. And then, you know, we talked, of course, about the shot uh, originating from your feet and your legs, your balance. And I, you know, learned that from Coach, but you, from Coach Wooden, but you tend to forget that. Um, so after that uh, meeting, uh, I think that was the birth of the 20-foot layup. That had to be a lot of pressure calling something a 20-foot layup. I mean, especially when Chick Hearn's saying it. Well, it was, Tom, and, uh, it, but it was something I took pride in, and and uh, it was really something that I focused and I tried to master. And my role on that team uh, with Magic uh, and Nixon and the great ball handlers and then, you know, Kareem down in the low post, there's not a lot of room in the low post. So that was kind of my area, you know, where I could play without the ball, work off of Kareem and, and uh, Jones and whomever and Worthy and and get that 20-foot layup. So it became my trademark. You know, having watched uh, just a ton of those games, Jamal, I was telling Eric before we got a hold of you that people don't remember in Game 6 in 1980 against the Philadelphia 76ers when Magic had that great game. You had 37 points in that game. And I said it kind of epitomized what you did in that you would do what was necessary for the team to win but because Kareem was there and because Magic was there and it was showtime a lot of glitz that a lot of times what you did didn't get publicized and certainly didn't get recognized the way that it should and that's why I'm I'm, I'm happy to see that you are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame because I thought you were certainly one of the best players in the league one of the more underrated players in the league did you think while you were playing that boy this is i'm doing a lot here and not getting a lot of recognition for it or was it look i'm helping the team win and that's good enough for me well i i appreciate that comment tom and i appreciate your recognition of that you know i was raised in a very simple household and i was raised uh you know uh, with a mindset and an attitude of group team first group first uh and so when I went to UCLA, I bought in big time to Wooden's, Coach Wooden's philosophy and everything he said. Everything that came out of his mouth, I just gobbled it up. And so I, I, I always define my success in terms of the team's success. And uh, because individual rewards, you may or may not get it, but everyone knows who won, and, and, and you can't argue about that. You know, I mean, who's the best player? You can argue about that forever, but you can't dispute who won. And so I always tried to define myself and uh, my success in terms of the team's success. Now, admittedly, Tom uh, and Eric, but Tom, as you know, uh, from playing in the league, that you know, you, there's things called money and contracts, and you know, at times it could it would bother me, yeah. uh, especially especially when it was 
time when it was a contract mm-hmm. or you know you're talking money but uh you know it was further uh the team concept was further emblazoned in me with with Dr. Jerry Buss and the Lakers because all my incentives uh were not individual incentives but team incentives if we won this if we won that if we won that so you know except for a contract year you know for the most part for my era I was pretty well compensated mm-hmm. and so that 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 said to me that yeah maybe the media overlooks me at times but the team doesn't and and my teammates don't and so and plus my philosophy was team first so for the most part I was okay unless you know again unless it was a contract year or you know some stuff like that which you know we all worry about Hey Jamal, we really appreciate you joining us. Congratulations so much on the on the Hall of Fame induction in early September and just wanted to let you know watching a lot of games growing up. I enjoyed watching you play, I enjoyed the way you played. It was a lot of fun watching those Laker teams get up and down the court and if I if I could I could have you on for three hours talking about old old Laker stuff and memories of watching the the team. So I just wanted to say congratulations and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, truly an honor, Jamal. Thank you. Well, thank you both, uh, Tom and, and Eric. And let's do it again during the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. We would love 100%. to do that. That would be awesome. Thanks, you, Jamal. Okay. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. Really, I could. He's smoother on the radio than he was on the court. Brian's giving me crack of the one. Shush, shush, shush. Unbelievable. <laughs> I could literally, I could have him on for three hours. I mean, we could have got into. He needs to take my job. Magic. Could have gotten to what it was like playing in L.A. during the Showtime era, what Riley was like. I when, wanted when more John Wooden there, stuff. As he hung out with, we could get John Wooden. You ever hang out with Jack Nicholson? <laughs> what were the parties like down there? Although maybe Jamal wasn't the uh, the partying guy, but just what that scene must have been like when Magic came along and the whole thing just blew up. And the, L.A. is the only town that could probably make the claim that basketball is the biggest sport when all teams are hitting on all cylinders. And I still remember that back then. Dodgers were huge. Rams were big. But it, it just seemed like L.A. was always a basketball a basketball town. And I don't know if you could make if you could make the case that any other city in America with three sports teams, they had three back then, haven't had three in, what, 18 years, it was still basketball was the biggest. That was the place to be. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Being in a Laker game. So, I mean, they're just, yeah. So, yeah, we'll have Mon hopefully again. I mean, just really cool guy and a lot of fun to watch. And owner of the 20-foot layup.